Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, here we go in three, two, one. Ben, there's a big birthday going on today. Do you know that? No. Whose birthday? Oh, I don't know about who. It's Chicago's birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, March 4th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. In many respects. The, Ch- <laughs> the Chicago Federation of Labor. In many respects. The Chicago Teachers Union. In many respects. Uh, and, of course, Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. For all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. What's your latest column about, Ben? Bulls, 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 and bulls. I told you I was going to write this column. It was Best of Chicago. And so they said, you got to write something about that you really like about Chicago. That's a special uh, once a year issue that Reader does. And so, D, I was at a Bulls game and I was thinking, what can I write about? I mean, I'm at war with the city half the time, metaphorically speaking, of course. I'm always complaining and groaning and moaning. And I happened to be looking up at the big screen at the United Center and they had their tribute to the Chicago Bulls from the past. And I go, that's what I'll write about. That little uh montage the video montage that they play at the united center about an hour before each bulls game so it could it gave me an opportunity to walk down memory lane strolling down memory lane <laughs> and talking about all the great bulls that i love and give a little suggestions to the bulls just want to throw that out there uh let's time you uh retire the jersey of norm van Leer. it's time you retire the jersey of chet the jet walker it's time you retire the jersey of johnny paxson and also Let's give a tribute to the great Craig Hodges, all right? So it's kind of what I wrote about D. A little off the, the path, not political because it was the best of Chicago issue. But all Bulls fans, uh, I think, will appreciate it. There you go. And, hey, uh, Z's and maybe Millennials, a uh, history lesson. <laughs> hey, Z's and Millennials, I also talk about your I – I know your Bulls. Okay, Z's, you love uh, DeMar DeRozan, you love Lonzo Ball. Ah, you 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 started there, you started there and then worked your way into the people that... Uh, Yeah, come on, Z's. And then Dennis's generation, you know, he loves Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Louis Dang. Come on! Uh, I'm more like the worm, Dennis Rodman, Ron Harper, Scotty. Wait, time out. You weren't weren't even born yet when I was fools. I also mentioned all them, uh, Dennis. I love Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Tristan Thompson, by the way, huge Dennis Rodman fan. A lot of people don't know that. Well, the thing I like Do about you know De- who Tristan Thompson is, young man? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Double T. Double T. T T. T squared. Yeah, T squared. <laughs> no, the thing that's cool about Dennis Rodman is like, if you don't know about basketball and you watch it, you're like, well, why the hell is this guy so good? He's good at the stuff that no one pays attention to. Yeah, nobody wants to do that hard, dirty work, blocking <laughs> out, grabbing offensive rebounds, diving for loose balls, making the perfect pass. Dennis Rodman was awesome, and he truly deserves to be in the top 75 uh, NBA. Th- uh, I absolutely cheered 
when I watch Dennis Rodman uh, emerge at the All-Star Game as one of the top 75 all-time players. So go check out that column from Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. I'm sick of it! Every <laughs> year! We give power to one person! Uh. <laughs> it is Friday, March 4th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host... Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this very, very lit Friday. And here's why. Very, very lit Friday is the answer to a question that listener Chris White posed to me on my Facebook page today. Hey, Chris. This is this is what Chris wrote. How lit is oh, what a week going to be today? Oh, it's going to be very, very lit, Chris. No, you say you say lit AF. Say that. Lit. Oh, wait, wait, is this going on lumpen? Uh, but oh, wait, AF is permissible even if it were to go on lumpen. I mean, they uh, say lit- AF. That's what that's what you say. It's lit okay. AF. Uh, lit AF. Uh, <laughs> there I'm going to do it like the butter cow guy. It's lit AF. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to do it as Barack Obama. It's uh, lit AF. In many respects, uh, <laughs> a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, Chris Way, thank you for putting that fired me up when I read that. Right before I um, connected with Dennis today, I saw that. So, yes, it's going to be very, very lit because we have so much. I mean, so much has happened in the last five days, and I'm staying out of uh, – Europe, Ukraine, Russia. We talked at length about that with David Ferris. I urge everybody to check out that interview uh, that's dropping tomorrow. But just locally, just city of Chicago, just state of Illinois. And so without further ado, I turn things over to the mighty man of Alton. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? The mighty man of Alton? That that just popped. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) That's pretty cool. The mighty man of Alton with the news. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. DeMarvelous or whatever. Now, this is the part where I say let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois. Let's find out, suggesting that some of you don't know what happened. (laughs) But I have a feeling that's not the case this week. I think all of you know what happened. So let's just get right to it. (laughs) Michael Madigan, the former Speaker of the Illinois House, and for decades, one of the nation's most powerful legislators, whose middle name is, in fact, Joseph was charged with a nearly $3 million racketeering and bribery scheme on Wednesday. Ben, I cannot relate with what just happened with Madigan this week. And someone called Governor Pritzker, we have a new Illinois state record to brag about. Don't believe me? Well, consider these facts. The first cell phone was invented here. So was the first television remote control. Did not know that. He loves (laughs) Illinois people. But seriously, Mike Madigan, congratulations. You're now the most prominent politician to be swept up in a federal investigation in the state of Illinois. Madigan is 79 years old, but doesn't look a day over. Actually, he looks 79 years old. (laughs) According to the indictment, Madigan is charged with not one, not two, but 22 counts. 
A statement from the indictment accuses Madigan of leading for nearly a decade a criminal enterprise whose purpose was to enhance Madigan's political power and financial well-being, while also generating income for his political allies and associates. Following the announcement of charges, Madigan released the following statement. He said, I was never involved in any criminal activity. The government is attempting to criminalize a routine constituent service. Job recommendations. That's not illegal. And those other charges are equally unfounded. Throughout my 50 years as a public servant, I worked to address the needs of my constituents, always keeping in mind the high standards required and the trust the public placed in me. I adamantly deny these accusations and look back proudly on my time as an elected official serving the people of Illinois. And now, well, I thought I would never see it again. But Ben, if you look out the window, you will see it. Yes, the bus filled with Illinois Democrats waiting to metaphorically run over Mike Madigan back at the end of 2020. It is circled back around, Ben. Yes, look out the window. You see it? Oh, yeah. It's next to the porta potty. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I guess it's back to do a victory lap here. We have a statement from those 19 brave Democrats. I say brave because, yes, they put their political careers on the line a bit, but actually brave for sitting in a bus listening to Will Gazzardi's hipster music for over a year. Good Lord. <laughs> Tame Impala, uh, they're good, but not that good, dude. Come on. Uh, All right, so, uh, so we have a statement from the 19 Democrats. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and read that statement. It says here, from the Madigan bus 13 months ago, we 19 Democrat, uh, Democrats made clear to our colleagues that we would not support Michael Madigan for speaker. We knew that our chamber, our state, and our party deserved better leadership, and the unfolding corruption scandal would only continue to erode public confidence. This is a watershed moment for our state that reminds us of the work ahead as the former speaker's case makes its way through the legal system. We remain grateful to the people who joined us in bringing. All right. That's enough, Gazzardi. Well, Jay, I think this will surprise absolutely no one uh, to know that as people pile on the anti-Madigan bus, it's like. It's overflowing. Everybody's hopping on the anti-Madigan bus. Everybody's jumping aboard the bus. You can't. They got to get a a triple size bus just to fit all those people on the bus. Not just the original nineteen who had the guts to stand up to Madigan, but all the Republicans. Oh my God, the Tribune. Can we put everybody on the bus? Where the Chicago Tribune? They hate Madigan. Uh, every every MAGA person. They're all on the bus. All the Republicans are on the bus. Everybody's on the bus. I'm not going to be on the bus. Okay? I just like, I don't want to go on that bus. And uh, let me just say this. You sure? The, um, I know it took guts for uh, Gazzardi and Casey Kelly Cassidy, who was on the show yesterday, and all the other uh, Democrats uh, to finally take a stand against Mad Dog. Because Michael Joseph Madigan was the most powerful Democrat uh, in the state of Illinois. He was the most powerful Speaker of the House that uh, the state of Illinois has probably ever had. And uh, he was not afraid to use his power to undercut people who were he thought were uh, acting against his interests. And I'll tell you what, I, on a personal level, I remember this. When I was um, fired from that radio station, whose name I can't remember, um, and um, when I was fired from that radio station, one of the last interviews I gave was with a state rep who was critical of Madigan. And when it was over, uh, the word got out somehow or other that 
Michael Madigan had used his influence to fire me. So I like people. That's how serious people uh, took the Madigan influence. Wait, okay? wait. Yeah, I remember that. It was a, it was a state rep or a state rep candidate. I think it was a state rep. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm blanking on the name because uh, it was four years ago. And uh, a lot of reefer has been smoked. Well, not by me, but whatever. Uh, by my producer. <laughs> <laughs> that secondhand so that's reefer smoke will get you. <laughs> Through the Google meet. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but I remember when it came, when it came out, people were, oh, that's what got you, Ben. You, you put that anti-Madigan person up there. And I reached out to Steve Brown at the time, who was Madigan's spokesperson. I go, did you get me fired? Or maybe he reached out to me to assure me that he had nothing to do with it. And I don't believe Madigan would waste his time getting me fired. I think it was my big mouth uh, regarding Tefts that got me fired and maybe Tony Preckwinkle. Anyway, neither here nor there. The point is, the fear that people have about Michael Madigan was very real. He was the most powerful legislature, uh, the most powerful speaker in the House, and he had influence over which committees you were on. Like, did you get campaign aid when it came to uh, running for re-election? Was he going to dispatch Michael Casper, his uh, election lawyer, to help you by knocking off, by challenging uh, your opponents uh, or uh, supporting you if you were challenged to get on the ballot? Tremendous amount of power. People were in fear of Michael Joseph Madigan. And I thought he should have stepped down uh, as Speaker of the House when uh, he just looked the other way uh, at legitimate accusations of sexual harassment uh, in his organization. Elena Hampton, a lot of guts, uh, came out publicly with the story of how other Kevin Quinn, other Madigan aides had been sexually harassing her. And Madigan just ignored her. And that really irritated me from many levels. And so I said he should step down. And then the chorus of step down became happened as Democrats realized that his pending indictment or the federal investigation into him made him persona non grata, to put it mildly, with voters. Uh, and the Tribune and uh, Rauner, Bruce Rauner and Kenny Griffin had spent, at least the last two, had spent millions and millions of dollars over the last 10 years making Madigan out to be the boogeyman in Illinois politics, as if he alone were responsible for corruption in Illinois politics. And so that resonated. Look, you pound Illinois voters over and over and over again. And gradually, they buy into it. And so somehow or other, in the minds of Illinois voters, Michael Joseph Madigan was the epitome of corruption and was the poster man, if you will, of corruption in Illinois and had to go. So everybody's feeling self-righteous about, yeah, we finally got Michael Joseph Madigan. He's been indicted. We are purifying our state. Man, I read the tribute editorial today. Yeah, I almost wanted to throw up because I'll say this. I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again. There's political corruption and there's economic injustice. Political corruption is bad. We must outlaw it. Yeah, it's bad. It's also easy. Economic corruption or economic injustice is when you give money that's intended for the poor to rich people and tax poor people to pay for it. And that goes on all the time in the city of Chicago with our TIF program. That goes on all the time in the state of Illinois. Kenny G got all you folks out there to vote against your own economic self-interest with those dumbass commercials on the fair tax initiative. And so now he's protected and you're paying more in taxes. Okay. That's economic injustice. You can't blame Michael Joseph Madigan for that. 
but uh, we're going to condemn political corruption. Now, now everybody's going to go bad. Well, actually, I hope they do this, D. You know, I've learned how the Internet works. Finally. Yeah, fi- <laughs> Good Lord, I've been waiting for four years here, dude. Very slowly. Wait, hold on. Five years. I mean, that's how you get your name out and you get big ratings. You say something. Other people don't like it. They try to cancel you. That's how you do it, D. Okay. Your next podcast, say something like that that gets you in trouble. You'll be you'll be as popular as Joe Rogan. Uh, I will now refrain from <laughs> teasing Hunter Klaus again at WBZ. The man wrote a newsletter talking about my interview with Sue Garza, but they didn't put the link in there. Oh my God. <laughs> Dennis is hurting me. Every day I go, can you believe that? Where was I? Oh, everybody's jumping on the anti-Madigan bandwagon. I don't know. The hypocrisy D is just too much for me. Yes, he had a property tax appeal business for years and years. Yes, I wrote multitudes, a multitude of stories and columns denouncing it. But you guys didn't care. All you rich, powerful Republicans downtown who are now crying and moaning about the corruption of Madigan. You were hiring Madigan. You're like, well, maybe it'll get me a bigger break on my property taxes so that Dennis's property taxes go up even higher. <laughs> I'll hire Madigan. Or better yet, maybe by hiring Madigan, he'll look favorably in some legislation I come to, come to him with. So you guys are playing the game. All you downtown Republican landlords who hired Bruce, uh, hired Michael Madigan's property tax appeal business, you're complicit in it. So don't act all, oh, my God, I'm outraged. I just can't take it anymore, the corruption in Illinois. You're part of it. I remember Chris Kennedy, uh, an interview with Chris Kennedy. Remember him, D? You remember Chris Kennedy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. CK. Yeah, see, Chris Kennedy uh, ran for governor uh, in the uh, 2018 Democratic primary, lost to J.B. Pritzker. Uh, but I remember in an interview once he said, Ben, you don't realize how powerful uh, Michael Madigan is. These, these downtown business owners, property owners feel they have to go to him uh, because he's the only one who get it done or something like the pressure on him. I'm like, are you kidding me, Chris? Come on. There's hundreds and hundreds of property owners in the city of Chicago who get their property taxes successfully lowered through appeals without hiring Michael Madigan's firm. In fact, I'll say this right now. Dave Glowatz, Mr. Bike, the guy who comes on here once a month or so uh, to do city council reports, D, he does his property taxes. The guy's freaking brilliant. I, I guarantee you right now, Dave Glowatz could do as good a job, if not better, than Michael Joseph Madigan. I'll go further, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Joseph Madigan probably has never filed a property tax appeal in his life. He's got these flunkies that do that. He's just, just the name on the door. So you guys, you hired him. You thought you were wheeling and dealing and playing again, just like all you guys who lined up for Ed Burke. Remember that, D? Remember? They lined up, oh, give yeah. money to Ed Burke. Oh, what a great guy. Well, what a wonderful man, Ed Burke. He knows how to throw a party, all right? <laughs> you guys are so complicit in all this. And then when it's all over, you're outraged. I'm outraged. I voted for corrupt mayors and politicians my whole life. I fed them thousands of thousands of dollars and, and benefited from their TIF programs that have enriched the wealthy at the expense of the poor. But now I'm outraged. It's so curious what outrages corporate Chicago. You know what I'm saying, Dave? They're always outraged. 
after their guy goes down. Well, this is the last time this is going to happen. I love reading Crane Chicago on this one. We got to clean up Chicago. Oh yeah, Cranes. When have you ever took a stand against Tiffs, huh? <laughs> got to clean up Chicago. It's too corrupt. People been feeding at the trough in this state, and dumbass Chicagoans going along with it, voting for the against the fair tax initiative. Wow. So D, that's why I'm not on the bus. I'm like, you know what? I'm not joining this. I'm not. Sorry, Dennis. Not on the bus. Springfield politicians, they promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes, but their measure lets them increase income taxes on every group of taxpayers. Say something about Phyllis. No. Sorry, I'm on I'm on the bus. Sorry, give me the bag. Give me that. What's in here? A hacky sack? Come on. I'm getting off this bus, too. Uh, yeah. You don't belong in that bus, Dennis. Gazzardi. Gazzardi. I would be, if Gazzardi didn't control the music they played on the bus. You know what I'm saying? Good Lord. Oh, my God. Will Gazzardi can ruin a party. That's all I'm saying. He loves Wilco. There's the only hipster band I know. They play Wilco on that bus day and night. (laughs) And really love this song, Ben. Radiohead, it's very depressing music. Okay. But seriously, uh, I, okay. I'm running out of bands, D, because I don't know that man. The only one I know is Wilco. I think Kelly Cassidy brought it up in our interview that you can download. Uh, but it's totally true. Like, what if Madigan were still, you know, oh, the guy yeah. and that would have happened right now, right before the primaries? You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's still going to be brutal. They're still going to have a talking point, the Republicans. But oh, my God. I mean, it'd be way worse, right? Oh, my God. That's the other thing. Dummies in Illinois. You're actually going to fall for this. You're going to listen to all those Kenny G-sponsored Richard Irvin ads talking about the face of corruption. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that Bruce Rauner's firm is in a building whose landlord employed uh, Michael Joseph Madigan to lower his property taxes? Yeah, look it up. I wrote about it. <laughs> uh, Chicago's like, oh, we're too busy to care about the details. We just believe what we read in the Tribune editorial. So, yeah, D, you're absolutely correct. If if Mad Dog was still there, and I, so I have to thank Will Cazardi and the gang and the bus, uh, even if I don't like the music they're playing. Can you guys play something from the 70s? I don't know. You must have heard Motown when you were growing up, Cazardi. <laughs> we got this whole bit going on, Cazardi. For all I know, he doesn't even like hipster music. No, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right, D. I sit through. Uh, just edit that out. Uh, uh, so, um, no, but you're right. I got to give him credit because they, the Democrats had to cut the cord with Madigan. And that's why I said it. Well, first of all, the Elena Hampton thing was just so grotesque. You know, Elena Hampton, who is politically speaking, like who's his uh, protege. She it was like a very... Um, avuncular relationship he had with her. She looked up to him, Elena Hampton, who, by the way, I must say, she'll be at the hideout next month with uh, Dave McKinney. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, and, a, and a very shrewd political uh, strategist, very uh, important uh, worker for Michael Joseph Madigan's political operation. Uh, and when she was the victim of sexual harassment and she gave Madigan the evidence and he ignored it, that's when I'm like, you know, that's it. It's too long. <clears throat> He's been in here too long. He just thinks he can get away with anything. And uh, that's when I called for him to leave. And that was, I don't know how, whatever. It was a while before uh, Gazzardi fired up the bus. And so, uh, 
And I give Kelly Cassidy credit for speaking out against Madigan long before it was fashionable. But the point is, is when uh, the uh, the state reps from Hipsterland and the state reps from Democratic uh, area enclaves in the suburbs realized that they could no longer be on the Madigan bus because their voters were so against Madigan that they turned against Madigan. They blocked him from having the votes he needed to be reelected speaker. That's when finally the Democrats cut the cord and somebody had to deliver the news to Madigan. I don't know who did that job. Uh, Boss, you don't have the votes, so you got to step down and he stepped down and you're absolutely correct. It would be disastrous for the Democratic Party right now to have Michael Joseph Madigan uh, as its House Speaker or as its chairman of the Democratic Party. Absolutely disastrous. So, you know, what? even though we make fun of their musical taste, we got to give Gazzardi and the gang in in the bus credit, because if it wasn't for them. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I mean, we're kind of putting him in the front of the line here. That's, you know, I I recall how this went down. There were a bunch before Gazzardi. All right. Yeah. Let's just edit all that out. I believe uh, I believe the quote from Gazzardi in the paper was habit of habit on what <laughs> to really do. Gizzardi, knees knocking. Oh, I'm scared. Um, <laughs> and Williams was on the bus. Kelly Cassidy was on the bus. Uh, and uh, anyway, so, yes, they took the stand. The party realized they didn't have the votes for Madigan. They talked him out into uh, not running. Chris Welch is now the speaker. Well, that was going to be my next question. So how soon, if he hasn't already, does Emmanuel Chris Welch delete that Madigan contact in his phone? (laughs) Well, first of all, Madigan doesn't have a cell phone. Allegedly. (laughs) I always believe that was just some myth. You know, that they concocted the man. I mean, like, do, do you stop? I mean, if, if he's still taking advice from uh, Madigan, does he stop now or has yes, he already stopped? Please, <laughs> please, Chris Welch. Here's what you do, Emmanuel. Get away. <laughs> I, I I don't know if he's still taking advice from Madigan. I hope he's not. Madigan, why is Madigan giving advice to anybody? If he is, this is just a riff that Dennis invented. So we don't even know if it's true, but let's say it is. Why? Dude, you got issues. You got a very, uh, <laughs> you got the feds with a, a lot of resources coming after you. You got to worry about your loss, the, uh, your indictment, keeping yourself out of prison. By the way, do you see who jumped in with advice and sympathy uh, for Madigan? No. You, Blago. Oh, yeah. I saw. Oh, yeah. Oh, what yeah. A, all right. Can I just, uh, another riff I want to do? Can I just go on this tangent, D? Uh, um, MAGA's very curious response to to corruption. <clears throat> so when the feds go after Donald John Trump, it's an outrage. It's a witch hunt. <laughs> it's politically motivated. That's MAGA's response to any corruption investigation of Donald Trump. Not only are they against uh, indicting him, they're against the very investigation. Right. No matter what the evidence is, they got Donnie Trump on the phone with election board officials in the state of Georgia, asking them to get rid of the votes, the precise number of votes that he is behind Biden in in that state. So he could be declared the victor that this get rid of them. By the way, that was a Donald Trump interview uh, imitation. Ah, can we yeah, hear it again? It can, came we, out of nowhere. can we hear it again? Uh, just get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> first one was better. You were in your head on that second one. I know. I was thinking about it. That's the problem. You can't think about it. You got to go with the flow. Just get rid of them. 
Wow, that's good. God, he's good. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, Ray, Ray Romano. Uh, yeah, well, you're heading to Romano country. Anyway, so, but MAGA's like, I don't see it. I don't hear it. <laughs> Donald Trump is right no matter what he does. I'm a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrats, that's right. But when it comes to Madigan, they're like, love the feds. You know, they got little fed flags they're flying. Isn't that funny? Where's Blago to speak up on behalf of Mad Dog? Where's Trump to speak up on behalf of Madigan? Blago gave well, Madigan yeah, advice, it, right? Yeah, yeah, Blago. I didn't hear the advice. What was the advice? Was it good advice? Not really. It oh. was, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. Uh, it was like so weird. I couldn't deal with it. Oh. Uh, the point is, is that uh, they're all crusaders against corruption. When it's Michael Joseph Madigan being charged with corruption. But when you got Donald Trump, hands in the cookie jar, tapes calling those election officials in Georgia, telling them to cheat, throw out votes. Well, they see nothing. Like MAGA, come on. If you're against federal investigations uh, into uh, politicians, if you think they overuse their power, they abuse it for political ends, be consistent at least. Don't just end with Donald Trump and Blago, your favorite politician in the state of Illinois. Speak up on behalf of Michael Joseph Madigan. And do you know I've said all along, Madigan should go full MAGA. Yes. Magigan. Magigan. You should do another, have a press conference with Blago and say, I'm a Trumpocrat. And all of a sudden, MAGA will flip. <laughs> all of a sudden, Darren Bailey will be like, you know, uh, Madigan has a point. We've gone too far. That's a terrible imitation of Darren. <laughs> Who is that? I am. That was supposed to be my Darren Bailey imitation. Oh boy. Uh, so anyway, I, that's why I'm not aboard the bandwagon. You know, all that chest pounding from the self righteous crew at the Tribune and the Republican Party. Bruce Rauner, I'm sure he's going to weigh in sooner or later. Uh, Probably has on Twitter uh, already. I didn't pay attention. Can't join that crusade. Sorry, folks. Right. Where were you when Madigan was? By the way, here's the other thing. And I'll say this one over and over again. One of the key uh, accusations against Madigan is he swapped jobs for his cronies with Commonwealth Edison to pass legislation that hurt the ratepayers of Illinois. And that legislation was adopted by uh, this show's good friend, Pat Quinn, Governor Pat Quinn, the, the governor that the Tribune mocked, the governor that Rauner and Kenny G spent millions of dollars to try to defeat. That governor that I voted for uh, twice, as a matter of fact. And uh, that when, when his legislation was overridden by... Uh, the legislature, it wasn't just Michael Joseph Madigan that voted against Pat Quinn and his utility reform. It was Republicans. So I asked this, if Michael Joseph Madigan, as the allegation said, betrayed the interests of the ratepayers of Illinois uh, uh, to take in exchange for jobs for his cronies, he got something out of it. What Republicans did you get for portraying the interests of ratepayers in Illinois, huh? All you Republicans high and mighty today about Michael Joseph Madigan? 
did you get jobs or did you just vote against the ratepayers because you just instinctively vote against ratepayers and taxpayers, et cetera, and so forth? There's a, you know, I hope the feds dig that one up. You know what I'm saying, D? Let's depose all the Republicans who voted with Mad Dog. See how the Tribune spins that one. Yeah, that was pretty good. Let's see what the 19 Democrats think. Guys, what do you think? Oh, my God, the bus is gone. They left. <laughs> oh, they're way out there. They heard you, you. They heard you sticking up for Madigan. They bailed out of here. Do you got to give me a name of another hipster band? I ran out after Wilco. Uh, Arcade Fire. That's one. Uh, Arcade Fire. <laughs> they listen to Arcade Fire. Yeah, that was like you know uh, when I was you know in like 2010s maybe around there. Uh, I'm trying to think about like Tame Impala. That seems to be one now. Um, What's it called? Tame Impala. Damn. Boy, millennials and Z's keep just please keep listening. <laughs> Tame Impala, man. I haven't yeah, even heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's what. Hey, come on. <laughs> Whoever controls the. What, what are they playing off? You know, the record player. <laughs> Listen to a record player on the bus. You think they have a record player on the bus? Uh, we're doing uh, just 45 oh, in LPs. Well, uh, Gazzardi <laughs> likes that vintage stuff. So we tried bringing one on. Like, dude, what are you doing? It's a bus. What are you doing? A record player? <laughs> Whoever controls the radio or whatever, play the radio. Whoever <laughs> controls it, yeah, put some seventies music on. I don't know. Put the Almond Brothers on. Put the Spinners on. James Brown. Oh, you wouldn't have fit in on that bus. <laughs> All right, that kicked kick me off the bus. All right, I think that's about it. On oh, actually no, I have some uh, audio here. I'm a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrat. <laughs> that's right. Here we go. It's why Illinois is one of the most corrupt states in America. And for four decades, Mike Madigan has presided over that corrupt system in Springfield. He's benefited politically. He's gotten wealthy. His family's gotten wealthy. Former Governor Rod Blagojevich weighing in on the indictment against Madigan. The two well known for their contentious working relationship, facing off for years over legislation and budgets. Just about everybody down there in Springfield, Madigan and his minions, they all got rich. And the people of Illinois get that. And that's why they're so angry and they're so distrustful of government. We all welcome our governor, J.B. Pritzker. Current Governor Pritzker quick to distance himself from Madigan since his first year in office. When asked about the indictment today, he said the corruption in government needs to be rooted out. Whoever it is, in whatever level of office in the state of... All right, oh, man, Blago, that is so... That's just so perfect. Blago, who got sentenced for uh, shaking down uh, a hospital for contributions to his campaign, uh, is giving lectures on how, why Illinois is so corrupt. Listen, you did <laughs> you it all give wrong. Credit, man. You did it all wrong. What you got to do is, it's like, okay, thanks, guy, that went to yeah. jail for a decade. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, so anyway, that's rich. Uh, yeah, but but I, I don't. You know, listen, I, I don't blame Blago uh, for having a ha ha moment because you know. It was pretty hypocritical for uh, you talk about self-righteous causes and crusades. Oh, my God. The backpounding that the Illinois legislators did when they impeached Blago was every bit as nauseating uh, as these columns and editorials coming out of the Tribune. Uh, patting themselves on the back for uh, the indictment of Madigan. It was Madigan leading the charge. They hated Blago. You know, and uh, I had mixed feelings about Blago. He had no he never wanted to have anything to do with me because his father in law, Richard Mel, hated me. So he could just imagine don't talk to that hippie commie guy from the rear. 
That's the name of your so, next uh, podcast, by the way. The hippie commie. Guy. No, don't talk to that hippie commie guy from the reader. That oh, damn, that's good. <laughs> God, is that good? Got to write that down and use that. Damn, damn. Why didn't I think of that? But uh, so I have mixed feelings about uh, Blago, but I certainly didn't uh, believe he deserved uh, what he did warranted 14 years in the federal penitentiary. Uh, and I just couldn't stomach the self-righteousness of uh, the, the legislators when they uh, ousted him, acting like they finally cleaned up corruption in Illinois when we had a TIF program going on in the city of Chicago. We we're about to gear up to give untold hundreds of millions of dollars for the Olympics. Oh, but Blago is the problem, huh? Again, folks, there's political corruption and there's economic injustice. You put up with economic injustice because you somehow or other been convinced that it's economic development. Guys, you you guys can be convinced of anything, but political corruption, that's horrible. So, yes, I I could see why Rob Bogoyevich would, by the way, uh, would feel like this moment of sort of vindication. I like to point out that uh, as much as I love Pat Quinn, he did allow himself to be sworn in. Uh, as governor after the impeachment of um, Rob Blagojevich by Ann Burke, wife of Ed Burke. That's just paused. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I would Somehow just like we- to point out that uh, I was watching the video there that we played. Uh, Rob Blagojevich, dude, you're out of jail. You can get haircuts. Like, dude, <laughs> you were in jail and your hair looked awesome. How's that work out? I, I I didn't see you know you didn't uh, I didn't see the video. Oh, like Is a, his hair really long? I look like a squirrel's nest on his head. Come on, Rod. Let's clean it up a little bit, okay? <laughs> All right, on to the rest of the news in Illinois. First off, hey, Illinois mask mandate, get out of here! You've been <laughs> lifted, Ben. Hallelujah! Right? Right? No. 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 Nope. 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 Hey, I'm going to be contrarian again. Nope. 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 I'm still wearing my mask when I go on a train. When I go into a bar, when I go to the bowling alley. Oh, my God. It's tough, though. D, it's now that it's we're going the other way. Now I'm getting the sense of what you you had to put up with when you went down to your beloved Alton yeah. back in 2020. Yeah. And you wore a mask and people were like, you hippie mother. Beep. That's when they would say <laughs> stuff like that. What are you, a pussy? Remember the guy said that to you? Yeah, yeah. But pussy. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> so Dennis would be like, hmm, let me read the room. I think I'll wear the mask. Hmm, you know, now I'm not going to wear the mask. So I got a little taste that I went to the bowling alley and I wore my mask. And the only other guy wearing my mask was my beloved friend, Norm. Well, excuse me, wearing a mask was my beloved friend, Norm. Everybody's looking at, what are you doing? The mask mandate's over. Hmm. Everybody, everybody wants to take the mask down. I'm like, yeah, I'd just rather not have your germs in my face. I don't know. Maybe I'm a germaphobe. I don't know. I just gonna put the mask on, you know. And so a lot of guys are like, oh, God damn. What is he, a hippie commie for the reader? That kind of thing. So you don't want to go to a mask burning party with me this weekend? (laughs) No, I'm not going to the mask burning party. Uh, We're, uh, what's it called? Uh, I can't even read my writing. Something Fire is going to be playing. Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire. Oh, is that what that is? Arcade. My bad. Arcade. Like, you know, Frogger. Arcade uh, Fire <laughs> yeah. will be played. Uh, get it? Fire. For the yeah. mask um, no, I uh, I know that everybody's happy that the masks are coming down. We're pretending as though COVID is no longer existent and there's not the possibility that a surge is coming. I mean, I know there was there was one dude wearing a mask at that State of the Union address. Really? I didn't even see him. Who? Yeah, he was sitting there. Some big feller. I don't know. 
It would, it would, if I were there, I'd be wearing my mask just to annoy the MAGA guys. Yep, still wearing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about DeSantis? I know this is local news, but Ron does here. Okay, MAGA, let me just let's let's get the ground rules straight. Now, Ron DeSantis, of course, is the uh, MAGA governor of Florida, uh, and as such, has dedicated himself to the following position on masks and vaccines. And this has traditionally been the MAGA position on on masks and vaccines. And it goes like this. If you want to wear one, fine. If you don't want to wear one, also fine. This is America. We have the liberty to do what we want. And government should not impose its will on us. That's the MAGA position, I always thought. Well, I don't know if you saw this. Thank you, D.L. Hewley. That's the reason I saw it. Uh, He was giving a speech I don't know. It's some BS PR stunt things that politicians do. And there was uh, four high school kids behind him, and all four were wearing masks. Did you see this one day? Uh, and DeSantis turned to them. He goes, get this, these masks off. This is theater. You don't need to wear those masks anymore. This is ridiculous. And I give those kids like, you're a 14, 15 year old kid. You're standing behind the governor. He's suddenly in your face. You know what I'm saying? Dave? Just imagine how intimidating that must be. So two of them took their masks off and the other two looked at him and go, nah, nah, I think I'll keep my mask on. First of all, your breath is horrible, dude. Have you ever heard of Tic Tac? And uh, <laughs> that's the other thing, man. If I have bad breath, you put that mask on. No problem, D. Okay. Another reason I wear the mask. So, Yeah. I'm with those two kids who had the guts to stand up to Ron DeSantis. Eh, I think I'll wear my mask, Governor. You just got a kind of that vibe that you're spreading a lot of diseases, not just COVID. So, like in CVS and Walgreens and like businesses and stuff, you know, I still I still feel the need, you know, to wear a mask. Like I see other people wearing them, so I'm like, all right, I'll wear a mask. You know what I mean? In, in the city, you know. Well, it's, you're. I mean, you've been pretty clear on this since the get go. You're kind of like. Uh, uh, you know, you feel the room, you know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's been me from is... the get-go. What's the middle in all this? What's yeah. not being a crazy person to where you're washing your cereal? And what's not like being Alex Jones and thinking it's all, you know, what? what's the balance there? That's That's I'll been my you, goal. I, I bet you Alex Jones got a vax. You think I so? Alex, oh, yeah. I bet you big guy's got a vax. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Rogan got the vax. But, you know, he's like, hey, I'm milking this sucker all I can. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? It turns out Joe Rogan got a vax. Uh, so. Anyway. So, but I can see, yeah, like I said, like uh, when I go to the store, you know, I still see people wearing masks. Like our apartment building, they said that the masks aren't, we don't have to wear them now when we walk around the building. So. You're, you're a love the one you're with kind of guy on this issue. And that's, you know, you know the song. Oh, that's way before your time. Love yeah, the that one song. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they were playing that on the Gazzardi bus, actually. Ann Williams put it on. Yeah, it was the one good song, and he changed it. (laughs) He took it off. He goes, I don't like this song. Oh, this song is so... (laughs) Get out of here. I want Arcade Fire. Uh, So, uh, yes, anyway, uh, you're kind of a love the one you're with. Like, if they're wearing a mask, you put it uh, on. If you're not wearing a mask, you take it off. It's really not about getting COVID or anything. It's just sort of fitting in, which I can understand, given that you as a downstater have now lived in the city of Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, think about this. This guy comes from a neck of the woods where they hate Chicago. I fell they off a Pritzker turnip. I suck signs. I fell off a turnip truck, guys, into Chicago. 
Yeah. Hi. And now he has to live in a strange land with weird people. <laughs> no. That could be a sitcom, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dr. D in Chicago. Yeah, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna wear the mask. Yeah. Uh, again, when I know it'd be interesting when they'll drag on well, if there if there is a baseball season, well, don't get me started on major league baseball, but if there is a baseball season and they'll drag on and I go to White Sox game, will we wear our masks? He's pretty mask uh he's pretty serious about wearing masks, I'll drag on. So um we shall see. I know I'll wear them when I go in my beloved United Center to see the Chicago Bulls play. I'll wear my mask when I'm going in, but I'll probably take it off when I'm sitting down, enjoying a hot dog and a beer. It's time for a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. <laughs> All righty. It's an eagle. Oh, it's an eagle. I thought it was a crow. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk the Illinois Republican gubernatorial primary. Wow. And boy, you better not count them out yet. It looks like the downstate Illinois hog farmer, but maybe not actually hog farmer, Darren Bailey, is still fighting. That is correct. And I know the question we always ask when it comes to the downstate senator is, who's going to feed them hogs? (laughs) Still no answer. We don't don't know who's going to feed them. But- we have learned in the last few weeks who's going to feed that Darren Bailey for governor campaign. We learned last week that Darren Bailey was gifted $1 million from some really, really rich guy you only hear about when election time comes around, Dick Uline. Must not be a great guy. They're just like, hey, give me your money and I'll get lost. All right. The news caused his main primary opponent, Richard Irvin, to create a website trashing the downstater, a website called... The real Darren Bailey.com. Well, the good news keeps coming for the Darren Bailey campaign. Well, I guess it depends on who you ask if this is good news or not. Bailey picked up a new endorsement this week. Former state representative Jeannie Ives, the lady who has won nothing since I've ever heard of her, will endorse <laughs> Republican State Senator Darren Bailey for governor. Ives is the former state representative and conservative Republican leader who came so close to beating former Governor Rounder, <laughs> governor Rounder in the 2018 GOP primary. She joined Bailey on his bus tour stop in Palatine this week. And yes, Jeannie Ives, that smell you smell could very well be from one of those hogs over there in the corner of that bus. Bailey recently called Ives the lady who has won no campaign in the last five years. Remember that? An inspiration in how he approaches his message for changing government. According to some political know-it-alls, Ives' support in the governor's race gives Bailey an edge that could be upped if Donald Trump were to endorse. With Ives' support, support from, once again, a candidate who has lost her last two races, Bailey's campaign gets a boost in conservative credibility, which all the GOP contenders for governor are trying to secure. Ives said she wholeheartedly endorsed Bailey for his experiences as a farmer and businessman and for spending time in state government, first as a state representative and more recently as a senator. There are others in this race, she added, who could have run uh, run for a legislative race to try to change the trajectory of Illinois, but they didn't. Now they believe they're ready to be governor when some of them have no depth of knowledge of the fiscal problems of Illinois and the systems that created these problems. Wow. All right. First of all, I, I, in defense of Jeannie Ives, words I thought I'd never say, I believe she's only lost her last campaign. 
Well, she lost not- against Rauner, and then she lost against Caston, right? Oh, you're right. I sit corrected. <laughs> yeah. Damn, he's good. I forgot <laughs> the cast of these. I thought there may have been three there before, but no, it was just two, right? Uh, uh, de-edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't have me looking dumber than you. Uh, <laughs> oh, his favorite part. No, are that's you not, That's not how the format works on this program. <laughs> I'm the dumb guy, all right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this is really a delightful moment. Uh, Jeannie Ives uh, is probably uh, the most popular Illinois politician among MAGA. She was MAGA before it was MAGA, uh, even before DB came on this uh, scene, vehemently opposed to abortion in any uh, uh, in any instance. And uh, if you ask any state rep who's had a deal with Jeannie Ives in the state house, she's just like, if it's anything vaguely good for humanity, she's on the other side. Uh, so as such, of course, she's the most popular figure uh, in uh, Republican circles. Absolutely. The Tribune endorses her all the time. <laughs> Just think about that, folks. They're outraged about Madigan. But like cutting food to poor people. Yay. Hooray. That's my Bruce Ronner imitation. Uh, uh. Uh, no, remember. Hooray for Ann Burke. Uh. Hooray for our teachers. Anyway. So, uh, yes, it's a prized uh, endorsement. Jeannie Ives, she ran against uh, Bruce Rauner and got 46% of the vote, I want to say, in the Republican primary. It was the hardcore uh, MAGA types that voted for her. And yeah, Donald Trump would even be a bigger endorsement. But see, this is where the Republicans are playing their little Republican games, ladies and gentlemen. And I hope you got your eyes open, your ears open, and you're not going to fall for it. Although if you're an Illinois, and I'm not feeling really strong belief in Illinoisans, they're showing to me in general to be as dumb as Chicagoans. But follow me in this, D. They right now know that Donald Trump is the most popular Republican among the core, the MAGA believers. They also know that Donald Trump is widely despised by pretty much every, well, I'd say uh, roughly 55 to 60 percent of the voters uh, in Illinois. So they need Donald Trump to rile up MAGA. But they don't want Donald Trump when they go into the general election against Pritzker. Are you following the problem here they got? This is a delicate problem. And they like to proclaim that they're above politics, that they have their convictions, that they have their principles, that they're unshakable, that they don't play political games. But guess what, D? Push come to shove, they're playing political games. So now follow me in this, folks. You got Richard Urban. None of you ever heard of him before. Don't act like you did. If your name is not Rich Miller or Shia Kapos, you never heard of Richard Irvin before. The mayor of Aurora. Okay, the people in Aurora have heard of him. He's the mayor of Aurora. And all right, I'll say Dave McKinney. Heard of him from BEZ. And Danny Miopoulos. All right, I'm up to four. Okay, <laughs> that's about it. All right, maybe Lynn Sweet. I'll throw her in. Other than that, you never heard of him. So don't act like you heard of him. Voters. So out of nowhere, uh, some rich guy decides that's who he wants. Kenny G decides that's who his guy is. So he's gives him a bunch of money, gets all his cronies to give him a bunch of money. Oh, somehow this is not corrupt, Illinois. OK, going to buy themselves a governor. Oh, but you're really mad at Madigan, Illinois. So Kenny G says, that's my guy. I'm going to put the money behind him. All of a sudden. 
Reporters want to interview him. Suddenly he has credibility. None of these reporters ever heard of him. All right, Flannery heard of him. I'll give Flannery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just an excuse to do a Flannery invitation. You never heard of him. Don't act like you did. He's the front runner. And he's clearly designed a campaign intended to win the general election by distancing himself from Trump. But you can't distance yourself too much for Trump without looking like you're anti-Trump. And so what do you do? You try to diminish the Trump credibility of your opponents. So you got Irvin. So when the announcement came that Jeannie Ives was going to the most conservative or the most prominent conservative in the state of Illinois was endorsing DB. What did Richard Irvin's spokesperson tell the bright one, my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times, quote, it's surprising Ives would endorse somebody who's raised property taxes 81%, voted for Obama, and picked a never-Trumper as his running mate. We don't know who Irvin voted for. We just know he took uh, a Democratic ballot. Or maybe he did vote, said he voted for Obama. I can't remember. The point yeah, is... There's a few times that it said that he... Uh, that he said he admitted voting for Obama? Oh, I'll have to go... I'll have to look at yeah, that. Yeah, I know he took a Democratic ballot uh, in uh, yeah, that's primary. Yeah, he took ballots but in primary. But that doesn't mean he voted for Obama. But whatever, be it as it may. Uh, the point is, they the Irvin campaign is trying to diminish the credibility of Darren Bailey by... Uh, pointing out that his uh, running mate uh, is Stephanie Tressel, who once said she would never vote for Trump. So they're really stretching things here. You know what I mean, D? Blocking that fine line. So, okay, Richard Irvin, why don't you come out and say you support Donald Trump? Why don't you come out and say what your position is on Donald Trump's claim that the election was stolen from him? What do you think, as a law, as a big supporter of law and order, what do you think of the MAGA insurrection of January 6th? Or what do you think of the lawlessness of Donnie Trump calling up Georgia to overturn votes? You ready for yeah. the you ready for the answer that has now manifested itself in the last few days? Well, what about Madigan? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. What about Madigan? <laughs> well, what about Madigan, buddy? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got it been around these parts a while so i watched with great interest how they try to diminish the credibility of genie ives the other republicans without diminishing it too much because they're going to need genie ives once they get the nomination they got to be a united party against jb pritzker games people play night or day it's just like me hey Kazari, why don't you play the spinners on that bus play some good music on that bus huh? <laughs> Says the guy who didn't jump on the bus. <laughs> yeah, you make a point that not being on the bus does not give me any right to dictate <laughs> yeah. what yeah. is played. Yeah. A valid point. Come on. Come I, on. That's a valid point. Come on. It's just weird. The Darren Bailey thing with uh, Jeannie Ives. Like, uh, like, what's the plan here? Like, hey, I want to almost win. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this lady behind me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll work. I want to win. Like I want to like almost win, but just barely lose. Like that's my plan. Like that's how it seemed to go for the last two Ives campaign. Is she really that uh, influential in Illinois politics? Well, she's pretty influential among the hardcore conservatives and they kind of dictate things uh, in the um, Republican party. Remember when she ran against Rauner, he was just doing everything he could to ignore her. And uh, they had that debate at the Tribune. 
and she just went at him. Yeah. I think I was on uh, AM radio at the time. <laughs> I do recall that's where I was yeah, talking yeah. about They had that. like a Sun-Times like editorial board meeting or something like that. I think it was a Tribune, but don't oh, call Oh, yeah, me. it was Tribune. It was Tribune. Yeah, and uh, and they went at it. She well, she went at it. He was mostly going, oh, duh, duh. <laughs> oh God, poor Ronner. Poor Ronner. He was a supporter, a lifelong supporter of abortion rights. And then he got to be governor, and he was uh, leader of a party that is against abortion rights. So, oh, do, do. <laughs> talk about dancing uh, to your, around the, your, your way around that one. Terry Cosgrove did not let go. By the way, Cosgrove is going to play a role in this election before all is said and done. Personal pack. You know, no matter who the Republican nominee is, TC, Terry Cosgrove is going to come at him hard. Because you know what? Terry Cosgrove plays the game the way Democrats should play the game. He plays to win. Plays the game like a Republican. He's not ashamed to admit it. And and my prediction uh, from a few weeks ago, I think we're going to see a lot more of it uh, in the upcoming election. A lot of uh, non-voters. A lot of people who talk a big game but don't go vote. With, oh, on, yeah. on the right. On the right side. On the conservative side. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know about Yeah. yeah. yeah we'll see. I think I'll that, be watching that one. That's going to be a new thing. A lot of these MAGA, quote unquote MAGA people, I don't think a lot of them are going to go to the polls and vote. Yeah. Well, I listen. You really think that? I do. I think there's going to be some people who, you know. Wait, Tim, in the primary or in the general? All of them. We'll, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that. We'll, we'll be watching that on the Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, there we go. Stay tuned, everybody. Will we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But I think you're going to see it. Like, you see it a lot on the left with, like, you know, the quote-unquote Bernie bros and uh, all of the, uh, you know, the progressive left. I think we're going to start to see a new kind of right wing that's just, like, you know, not voting. Well, we'll see. They're pretty fired up. But I don't, I mean, are they, fi- is MAGA fired up by Michael Joseph Madigan? You know, you're my downstate well, guy. They what, hate, who do they hate more, Pritzker or Mad Dog? They're fired up because they got something to talk about in the tavern. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You run into your buddy at Casey's. Hey, how about that Madigan? How you going? <laughs> but like, you know, does it does that result in poll results? I don't know. Yeah, that's just tavern talk. That's just tavern talk, there, bud. Yeah, who said it was tavern talk for ten trivia points? Bob Diver, come on. There you go. I know downstate talk when I hear it, pal. All right. Now, uh, we do have to keep our eye on the Secretary of State race. Democratic candidate Alexi Janulius become very popular here on the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, he's won an endorsement. All right. Not so fast there, Anna Valencia, the lady who got the support from the Secretary of State and, well, the governor, two, <laughs> two most popular Democrats of the state. But hey, not so fast. Uh, Janulius has won the endorsement of Our Revolution in his bid for Secretary of State. The national political group aligned with Senator Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders announced its support last night during a national program. And, well, you know, Alexi weighed in with his thoughts on that as well. In many respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. <laughs> there you go. I did not. I was not aware of that, D. I'm making a confession. Until you told me that, I did not know that. How did I miss that? Was it in Shia Capital's column today? Yeah. Well, I don't know about today. I can't remember. It was this week. I know that. Oh, I missed that somehow. I apologize to all our listeners who think I know absolutely everything about politics. Every now and then, something slips in my mind. Come on, our revolution. What the hell are you doing? I feel like I haven't heard uh, from them in a while. You know, We haven't heard from them. No, they're, they're, they're uh, moving toward the middle. Guys, yeah. Come on. Well, yeah. What a weird endorsement. That's a that's a weird one. I that's just well, I don't know. Something's going on behind the scenes that I don't know about. Reefer is legal in Illinois. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, Alexi is about as centrist as you can get. Our revolution. 
Now, it's true. Okay, there are no lefties in this race. They're all centrists. The the, the main candidates, uh, David Moore, uh, Anna Valencia, and Alexi, are all centrists. And so there's, I mean, if you're going to get involved, there's no lefty. It's not like Dennis is running. You know, Dennis is not really a lefty, but he's a Fernie guy. Um, I'm a weirdo. So, <laughs> he loved Bernie. Don't kid yourself. He tries to cover it up, ladies and gentlemen, but he loved well, Bernie. I, I, I liked Bernie. He was great, but he did kind of just like, just, okay, get under this bus here. Okay, great. Uh, roll me over now. <laughs> okay. No, he jumped on the bus. He didn't get under the bus. No. Uh, but uh, he, I, I just don't get it. The quote, Ken Davis, I don't, I don't get it. So I'm just going to leave it alone till I do a little more research because I don't get it. There, yeah, it's a little interesting. Our revolution mm-hmm. backing one. Maybe there's something about Junulius that well, you know, we don't know. Our revolution is backing a banker. <laughs> okay, okay. I just, I don't know, man. I got to do a little deep, uh, the deep dig or what? I got to see what's going on here. Uh, everybody, every come on, it's Illinois. Everybody's playing games. Everybody's wheeling and dealing. Yeah. All right. All right. Now to the news in the city of Chicago. Hey, we had a visitor this week in the city of Chicago. Yeah, that's right. Former President George W. Bush. He was in Chicago, welcomed him with open arms, made his own jabs at uh, Vladimir Putin, the Russian leader. Bush headlined a benefit fundraiser for the Illinois Holocaust Museum and Education Center, which Governor Pritzker helped build. The governor gave opening remarks before Bush took the stage for a Q&A with museum CEO Susan Abrams. The Republican former president managed to mix serious comments about Ukraine with good jabs at Putin and some humor, too. He began by telling a story about once playing host to Putin. Oh, God, I have a lot to say about this. I'm looking at the clock because uh, I really want to get into the Lori Lightfoot story. But I'll just say this. Uh, by chance, last night, I watched a documentary about the great Kurt Vonnegut. If some of my young listeners don't know who Kurt Vonnegut is, that's okay. He died in 2007. He's one of my favorite writers. He's a novelist, a satirist, uh, anti-war writer to put it mildly he served in the u.s army uh in world war ii uh was captured by the germans at the battle of the bulge and the experiences he had while being a a prisoner of war led to him writing slaughterhouse five which in my humble opinion is one of the 10 greatest novels ever written there i said it uh and so in this documentary they talked about how upset to put it mildly uh, Kurt Vonnegut was is that near the end of his life with George Bush and Dick Cheney and the war machine of the Bush White House that uh, invaded two countries, not one, but two countries, Afghanistan uh, and Iraq. And as David Ferris points out in the interview that will drop tomorrow, fascinating interview. I can't recommend it enough. In many ways, uh, the United States lost valuable credibility, to put it mildly, by invading Iraq. It's definitely Iraq. And uh, as David Ferris said, Putin was watching. So the last person I would turn to for advice or for support in any kind of anti-war crusade would be George Bush. And I just think folks in, in this country should just pause and think about what Bush got us involved in before you go running off to support him. 
Now, back to the last time he was in uh, Illinois or Chicago. I don't know if this was literally the last time, but when he turned 60, and I believe he turned 60 in the year 2006, he came to Chicago to celebrate his birthday with Mayor Richard M. Daly. Now, I learned last week that not all millennials know who Mayor Richard M. Daly was. Remember the juror in the Patrick Daly Thompson trial? I'd never heard of the Daly's. I got into a lot of trouble by pointing out how incredulous I was that someone didn't know the Daly's. Everybody got made fun of me. Ben, it's not her fault. You ever notice how uh, boomers love to defend millennials from time to time? It's not her fault. So well, it never M. happens Daly. on this show. <laughs> Richard M. Daly was the all-powerful mayor of the city of Chicago, a Democrat. But he was a close ally of the Bushes. And in 2006, the feds, the same sets of prosecutors who went after Blago, who went after Mad Dog, Madigan, were knocking on Daly's door. And the feds are uh, U.S. Department of Justice employees. And at the time, Justice Department was headed by George Bush, he, he didn't head the Justice Department, but he was the boss of the Justice Department. He came to Chicago when they were knocking on Daly's door on corruption investigations about uh, work, based, essentially uh, doling out jobs at City Hall as political favors. Very similar to what Mad Dog's been indicted for. George Bush came to Chicago to have celebrate his birthday with Mayor Daly. And I believe a message was sent when he did that. Stay away from Daly. And Daly was never indicted, D. I like to point that out. Daly was never indicted. He ended the investigation right at his door. I think his chief of staff was indicted. And about a year later, everybody jumped on the Daly bus, except for a few malcontents like me, in supporting his Olympic crusade. Republicans were on that bus. Rauner was on that bus. I'm not sure if Kenny G was on that bus, but I'm pretty sure he probably would have been. So let's just think about that. There we go. We're tying all the themes together. So, D, George Bush was in Chicago once before uh, hanging out with Democrats. Just want to say, and this is why I know, D, I say this again. People in Chicago, I always say they're dumb, but they're not that dumb. They see stuff like this and they go, it's fixed. It's this politics sucks. What's the point? Come on, Ben. You know it's a rigged game. You got George Bush, a Republican, coming to Chicago to celebrate with Richard Daly when the feds are closing in on Daly. And Daly's police, meanwhile, are locking up demonstrators who are protesting the war in Iraq. Oh, yeah, I remember that, too. They've locked up mass arrests. George Daly let everybody know that you weren't going to uh, be free uh, to protest on Lakeshore Drive, his Lakeshore Drive. So Daly was very pro-war in Iraq. So, T, I just throw that out there to show everybody that, uh, you know, a lot of, you got to look at the mirror sometimes. See what your country is doing, number one. And number two, I would not rush to a meeting with George Bush. You know, there's a lot of blood on his hands. Yeah. I'll just put it like that. What a world we're living in, man, where, like, he's giving a speech and everybody's, like, listening intently, like, oh, you know, I brilliant yeah. man brilliant 
Let's listen to a guy condemning invasion who invaded two countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Let's listen to a guy talk about patriotic service who used his daddy's clout to stay out of the war in Vietnam. This is uh, listening to George Bush is almost as bad as listening to Donald Trump on matters of consciousness and uh, what's morally the correct thing to do. That's just me talking. D. That's just a guy who got fired from the radio station. <laughs> Talking. So, hey, welcome to Chicago, uh, George W. Bush. All right, let's end it out here. And to anyone thinking of running for mayor in the city of Chicago coming up, remember, being friendly is apparently not a job qualification. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. Oh, and to all of those who said during the 2019 Chicago mayoral election that Lori Lightfoot was a cop, boy, we owe all of you a steak dinner. You were so right about that. That's not correct. Uh, I don't know. All right, here's the story. A lawsuit was filed against the city of Chicago and Mayor Lori Lightfoot Wednesday, claiming she used obscene language and defamed a former Chicago Park District lawyer who was involved in the Christopher Columbus statue controversy in 2021. Here's where we have the quotes. Uh, Ben, you know what? You go ahead and take it away. Oh, you want me to read the quotes? Yeah. Uh, all right. You want me to read the quotes? All right. I got my beloved bright one. Hell, hold on, folks. So I turn to the article on my beloved bright one. Here we go. Let me set you up uh, here before you read. Now, this this is interesting. Um, this word apparently uh, you can't print in the Sun Times. You can't print the word dicks. Did you know that? <laughs> so, like, but it says you could go to you. You can get an ad for Dick's Sporting Goods on Sun Times. Hmm. Yes, you can. Very good. Uh, that reminds me of the great George uh, Carlin line. Let me not blow it. Uh, you can prick your finger, but you can't finger your prick. <laughs> Love you, George Carlin. That was from the his bit from the 60s, I want to say. Seven words you can't say on the radio or whatever it is or TV. Uh, maybe it was the 70s. I don't know. Anyway, here we go. According to the lawsuit, uh, <laughs> life... Uh, Lightfoot went on to accuse King and Smiradotis of, quote, making some kind of strange agreement with Italians. What you're doing, you're out there measuring your dicks with the Italians, seeing who's got the biggest dick. I am trying to keep Chicago police officers from being shot, and you are trying to get them shot. My dick is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest dick in Chicago, end of quote. So that's the quote. Uh, and uh, do you want me to riff there or do you have more you want to say? Hey, go ahead and take it away, buddy. All right. So uh, she has been criticized, uh, as Dennis said, by Italian-American leaders of various civic groups here in the city who think it's outrageous, uh, her comments about them. And uh, this is the mayor's response. I want to thank Frank for texting it to me. What would I do without you, Frank? A statement from Mayor Lori Lightfoot. I am aware of the lawsuit that has been filed by a former Chicago Park District employee. While I will continue my practice of not con commenting on the specific claims. Uh, God, I can't even read this. Okay. On the specific claims alleged in pending litigation. I feel compelled to state that the deeply offensive and ridiculous claims are wholly lacking in merit, and I welcome the opportunity to prove the fact in court. Furthermore, to be clear, I never have and never will harbor any animus toward Italians or Italian-Americans, unquote. 
Well, to paraphrase Joe Rogan, if you have to say that you don't have any animus toward Italians or Italian Americans, uh, not a good thing because apparently you've, uh, you've exposed yourself on that front. Uh, Joe Rogan, remember he had a, he said something about that, uh, and you'll notice the in that statement she did not deny saying it. She did not say I did not say the things they said. You notice that she didn't deny directly deny it, which leads me uh, to wonder. And a question was put to me uh, by listener Michael Girardi, who uh, was wasting his time texting me messages instead of spending his time writing songs. Just want to point that one out. Uh, you owe us a song, Girardi. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to go on that tangent. Uh, he pointed out. Don't you think if it was a Zoom call that there is a recording of it somewhere? To which I don't know the answer, D. I don't know. Do you record Zoom? I don't know. I mean, I'm not like the last guy in the world to ask about Zoom calls. I can barely figure out how to use them. But there could be a recording of it somewhere. Well, in which I, case. <laughs> I know this one was recorded. I don't want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think oh, we want offense, well, fuck you then. Who are you to tell me I'm full of shit? Oh, my God. Okay. Come on, Raylo. So here's my point. Putting aside who uh, the whole notion of who has the biggest dick, I think it's really outrageous uh, that the mayor, if it's true, so we have to say this is an allegation, only an allegation, but I think it's outrageous that the mayor collectively refer to individuals by their ethnic group. So the Italians, as if every Italian person is the same. I think you're mayor of the city of Chicago and you have a diverse city and you're trying to keep peace and you're trying to like, you actually believe the stuff that politicians in this city say on Martin Luther King day, we all should get together. They say it on one day and then they spend the rest of the year not living up by that code. So I think if you take serious your responsibility as the leader of a diverse city like Chicago, you should not fall into the habit of referring to individuals by their ethnicity. Like there's just one kind of Italian and all Italians are like that. Like the Italians. I find that very offensive. I actually D find that more offensive than the allegation that she said she had the biggest dick in Chicago. Cause that's just tavern talk. You know what I mean? That's just badass talk. Now, I find that offensive, too. Chicago's got this whole weird thing. They got to be the baddest ass in the city of Chicago. I'm tough. And so I think, actually, her talking about how she has the biggest dick in Chicago will probably win her votes in the next election. I like a mayor who says she has a big dick. <laughs> I'm a Chicagoan. That's uh, how you govern. The I mean, that's all you guys elect. You, you know? Mayor Daley was a bully. You elected him, what, five times? Mayor Rahm was a bully. You elected him twice. And now Mayor Lori Lightfoot is proving to be a bully. Now, at this point, Dennis is going to say, and I can see that brain working. Uh, ben, didn't you vote for Mayor Lori Lightfoot? Oh, oh, no. oh, I hate it when you go there, D. I hate it when you go there. Yes. But I didn't believe. <laughs> I believe what she told me at the hideout, D. Anyway. But if you if you saw that quote just uh, you know with no context, you'd be like, "What is this a quote from a cop?" Sounds like some cop talk. You know what I mean? Actually, I I I'm gonna um, I'm gonna put it this way. I'm gonna defend cops. No, I think it's more corporate lawyer speak. Ah, I okay. always just said, "People, oh, she's a cop." I go, "She's a corporate lawyer," and corporate lawyers like a lot of them they talk real tough. 
You know what I mean? Like they, I don't know. There's a whole thing. Like nobody wants to be viewed as weak or a pussy. You know what I mean? Nobody wants. So it's like, I had a very sheltered middle-class existence. I hated fighting. I was a terrible fighter. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck you. You know, I'm not going there. Mark today shows explicit. (laughs) Cursing a a lot today. Like me. Corporate lawyers. They'll fucking break your balls, huh? You know what I mean? They all talk like gangsters. So this thing like, I'm a gangster. Yeah, I'll fucking fuck you up. You know, so yeah, it's that weird corporate lawyer stuff. And I want to say to all my corporate lawyer friends, I don't mean to offend all of you, but come on, you know what I'm talking about. You've been in those boardrooms. Come on, stop acting like it doesn't happen. So it really hasn't been a great week uh, for Lori Lightfoot. We had um, the Sue Garza interview. I don't know where that came from, but that that was put out to the world there this week. Uh, It was on Fox 32 and things like that. Oh, I know where that came from. The Ben Jarofsky show. That's right, baby. We got a scoop. Yeah, we got <laughs> <laughs> so we had that going on where Garza's just like, I, I don't think I can get behind this lady anymore. And then we have this uh, going on with the big dick thing. Are the wheels falling off the wagon here for Mayor Lori Lightfoot or no? I think, uh, I no, I think Chicagoans like this. I think Chicagoans like this. I've said it, I've been consistent on this all along. Chicagoans like bully mayors. They love Daly. They love Rom. They voted for Rom, even the, even though they knew in their hearts it was a dumbass vote, and they love it. They love. They somehow or other Chicagoans think that's, that's what's required of your mayor to be a bully. Uh, by the way, I gave a shout out to Gregory Pratt, and uh, he of course is uh, he was on the show on Tuesday. Uh, he is the city hall reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And uh, a real bulldog reporter got a lot of guts, this guy. And he is consistently and persistently uh, filed for the mayor's texts and emails, battling City Hall on this front. Uh, and I, we did a whole show uh, about uh, his text, his reporting of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's text. We did a Tuesday. I urge everybody uh, uh, to uh, listen to it, if you haven't already, where we analyzed the text. You analyzed the various texts and explained and put them in their context. And uh, anyway, typical me, if you want to keep uh, what I didn't report was something that he had tweeted out the day before. See, if you want to keep me from knowing something, put it on Twitter. All right. And so the whole world knows about it, but not old Ben. <laughs> anyway, I, I forget how I, f- I found it, but uh, it was an email that Lori Lightfoot sent to many of her uh, ch- chief aides uh, and uh it had to do with um, uh, Greg Pratt. Apparently, she is just sick and tired of Greg Pratt. And this email was sent, I guess, I think in 2020. Yeah, September 2nd, 2020. And here's what it says. I'm just reminding this group for the foreseeable future, there will be nothing given as play stories or friendly background to Greg Pratt. If he makes an inquiry, answer it as briefly as possible. But under no circumstances is anyone to give him anything proactively. Are we clear? (laughs) The boss has spoken. Greg, that is quite, that's a badge of honor. No kidding. That is a badge of freaking honor, dude. And uh, we're going to have to bring you back in the show to talk about it. Uh, That is, I saw that. I was like, damn, why did she say that about me? But here's the thing, reporters, all you young reporters who may be listening, maybe a few out there, if they feed you something, 
It's not necessarily a good thing about you. I'm just saying, in general, if whoever the mayor is feeds you something, you might want to go, nah, give it to Hines. Greg Hines, feed, go feed Greg Hines over, over at Cranes. He loves being fed. The point is, is like when they give you stuff, they want something in return. So I, Greg, Greg Pratt, you're the man. You're reporting. You must, you must be doing something right if they hate you so much. Yes, studio audience, give it up for Gregory Pratt. But that gives you a sense of the mayor. You know, like getting all personal about it, singling him out. We're going to cut him off. It's either information that you got that you want the public to know, you know, like friendly background. What is that? Friendly background. In fact, reporters, I'm going to I'm going to put this to you right now. This is my advice, which you're free not to follow. And most of you won't stop off the record uh, quotes. No more. Just if they're not willing to put their name on it, don't quote them. You know what I'm saying, D? Just, uh, sorry, you want to put your name on Most of the stuff that people give you is not even controversial. They just say, well, this is for background only. You know, don't mention my name in this because they want you to think that what they're about to give you is so great. And then they give you something like, well, the sun comes up in the east. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to write, oh, is that an exclusive? I don't know. Uh, some old guy who's been doing this for a while. No more off-the-record quotes, Steve. There, there you go. No more background quotes. Oh, all right, this isn't Bill Maher, guys. <laughs> clapping all the time. All right, that is our show. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J. Bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y, and wherever else you download your podcast. Find us online at Benny J. Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show. Send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. You can call us 708-658-4788. That is correct. That number again is 708-658-4788. I think we're done. The campaign, right. of course, is not done. <laughs> Flannery. Uh, Mike Flannery. The campaign, of course, is not done. Uh, anyway, I want to, uh, before we walk out the door, start the promotion machine. We have a great show lined up for first Tuesday, April 5th. I know it's a, f- a month away, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, Dave McKinney of BEZ, excellent, excellent reporter, uh, will be our guest, along with Elena Hampton, who, of course, as I said earlier, was the former Madigan aide who let the world know uh, what a Madigan's, how Madigan ran his operation, particularly in the matters of sexual harassment, was uh leading the charge against Madigan when he was most powerful, a very, very courageous woman. They will be Amaya and my guests uh, at the hideout April 5th, where we'll be talking mad dog, mad dog, mad dog, and all kinds of politics. It's going to be a great show for all you political junkies out there. So I'm really proud of having set it up. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Elena Hampton, Dave McKinney, we'll be talking more about it uh, as the weeks go on April 5th at the hideout 630. All right. That's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. I got to take a break and do another interview for a weekend drop. I'm a busy, busy guy. Uh, (laughs) And uh, that interview will be with Dave McKinney, actually. So I want to uh, thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. Give Dave McKinney my resume. Sorry. (laughs) I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Be easy. Uh, And as Dave McKinney, Elena Hampton, and Michael Joseph Madigan will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for DeMarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Mm